The date is Monday the 7th of August. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, where I fill your brain with weird and wonderful facts about technology, science and geek culture that you can find on newrisingmedia.com. And I promise that you will walk away from this. You won't physically walk away from it because chances are I'm talking into your ears right now. Um, learning something that you've never known before. Now on today's episode, we're going to call it Movie Monday because I'm a fan of alliteration and also it's going to be the general theme of the show. We're going to be t- tackling a lot of film-based facts that you've probably never heard of before. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about the gender imbalance in films, The Hurt Locker, Indiana Jones, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, if I can actually say it properly, that'll be helpful, uh, Inflation, Sex Crazed Rabbits, and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And of course, we're going to have the classic trivia time question at the end of the episode. So stick around, this one's going to be a fun one. So let's kick off with a new study that comes from the Signal Analysis and Interpretation Lab at the University of Southern California's Viterbi School of Engineering. Today I learned that a study has shown men speak more than twice as much as women in film and often the dialogue given to women reinforced gender and racial stereotypes. Researchers examined more than 53,000 dialogue segments from 7,000 characters and 1,000 scripts and used machine learning to study how characters spoke and interacted along racial, gender and age lines. They also examined the makeup of the crews that produced the films, including the writers, directors and casting agents. Now there were a couple of takeaways from the study. First, male characters spoke far more than their female counterparts, with 37 dialogues versus just 15,000 while women portrayed 2,000 characters as opposed to 4,900 played by men. The team also found that of the thousands of scripts they examined, male writers were seven times more likely to be involved in the project, male directors were 12 times more likely to direct a film, and men were three times more likely to produce a film than female producers. While the gender of casting directors is the exception to the pattern, women outnumbered their male counterparts in casting director positions two to one, The report found that this had no impact on the gender of the characters they were cast in. Hollywood is currently contending with criticism of the discrepancies between men and women in the film industry, and recent studies have shown that this bias extends to the characters on screen. According to the New York Times, the researchers found that dialogue from female characters tended to be more positive, emotional and related to family values, while the dialogue from the male counterparts was closely linked to achievements quote-unquote, and to death. At the same time, the study found that black characters swore more, Latino characters spoke more about sexuality, and older characters spoke more about religion. Do you ever notice these trends when you're watching films yourself? I'd love to hear more about your own thoughts and opinions on this topic, so do call in, do, and let's talk about it, or pop in on the comments on this one. For this next fact, we pop on over to Tokyo, and more specifically, we talk about Godzilla, that giant monster that has destroyed Tokyo dozens of times. And while his career has seen many exhilarating highs, such as fighting a gigantic space moth, and lows, 
such as the ill-advised American remake with Ferris Bueller, or the other American remake with Walter White. Basically, Americans need to stay away from this film. <laughs> One thing has remained consistent since his first cinematic outing in 1954, and that is the iconic monster has never ever destroyed the Imperial Palace in Tokyo. Now what's the reason behind this? Other viewers seem baffled by this enduring mystery. Some viewers apparently unwilling to watch a film about a 100 plus meter atomic lizard without pointing out its numerous departures from reality. Namely, it destroys everything else around it except for the Imperial Palace. Now, many different theories have come out about this, but one of the main things that, one of the main reasons behind it is in a country where the emperor remains a widely venerated figure, it seems more likely than not that this apparent oversight is simply just a gesture of respect. It's one of not wanting to knock down such a highly regarded figure of building in a city while they can just destroy the rest of the city. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I get that. Um, obviously, would it add more drama to a film if they were to knock down such a controversial building? Yes, but again, it's one of those choices in filmmaking. So, there you go. Okay, and now we move on to Indiana Jones. If you're listening to this on Anchor, you probably already knew that because I played the Indiana Jones soundtrack on a segment before this. If you're listening to this on podcasts, obviously I can't play this music, so sorry about that. Um, go and find it. It's an amazing soundtrack by John Williams. Um, so we're going to call this the Indie Corner because I have way too many Indiana Jones facts because it's one of my favourite film trilogies. I don't count the fourth one on the planet. Um, what we can talk about at the moment is there's more Star Wars connections than you may initially think. Like, it's not just Han Solo playing the main character in this. It's not the only Star Wars connection in Raiders of the Lost Ark. The plane scene in the opening sequence has the registration OBCPO. Now, you don't need to be a genius to guess what connection that is. While hidden among the hieroglyphics in the Well of Souls are engravings of the droids R2-D2 and C-3PO. Now chances are you already knew these ones, but let's move on. The scene where Indiana Jones threatens to destroy the Ark of the Covenant, you probably don't know this one, with the bazooka, was filmed in the same Tunisian canyon, I'll actually say that properly, canyon, as a scene from the Star Wars film where Obi-Wan Kenobi is first introduced. In Temple of Doom, the opening nightclub sequence is set in Club Obi-Wan. During the sequence set in the Nazi submarine base, the Tannoy calls out the words Eins Eins Delay Act, or 1138, which is a reference to Lucas's first ever film, THX 1138. How's that? How's that for Easter eggs? And then we move on to the Last Crusade, where obviously you had the very playful father-son relationship between actors Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Now, through the power of a lot of makeup, um, they managed to make this father-son relationship look genuine. But 
The Hollywood father-son duo that you see on screen is actually only 12 years apart in age. So, either Sean Connery got incredibly lucky at a very young age, which is quite terrifying, or it's just movie magic, which I'm going to go with movie magic. I don't know about you guys. Um, Do you have any other Indiana Jones facts that you want to submit here? Do you know of any other Star Wars-based Easter eggs? Obviously, these are two of my favourite film franchises ever, and I'd love to talk about them. So call in, comment on your discussion, or as always, favourite or applaud this station for more. And speaking of Sean Connery, we move on to Bond. James Bond. <laughs> Alright, so I had to do try and do a Sean Connery voice there, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. Apologies to any Connery fans out there. Um, James Bond is one of my favourite on-screen characters of all time. Um, I'll always remember the time when I was seven years old, and my dad had the classic leather-bound VHS cassette tape collection on the top shelf of his cupboard and he had a copy of Goldeneye up there and I was specifically banned from touching that one because of the particularly violent death of Alec Trevelyan, one of Sean Bean's many, 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 many on-screen deaths. Unfortunately, I didn't listen to him. I watched the film and the whole falling from a great height gave me nightmares for a couple of years. But still, let's get into some facts. Um, Today I learned that the 1968 film Chitty Chitty Bam Bang, which was based on a novel written by the James Bond author Ian Fleming, was actually produced by the James Bond film producer Albert Broccoli. Of course, this one didn't have as many super big explosions in or anything. That's probably because the film's screenplay was by Roald Dahl and director Ken Hughes, which did not follow Fleming's novel ever so closely. And now we move on to the Bond film, You Only Live Twice. Obviously this was done before I was born, but I have gone through all the Bond films and uh, this one was all right. Wasn't my favorite, but it was still a good film. The key production personnel on the James Bond films and who were in Japan scouting locations for this film canceled their reservations on the Boak Flight 911 at the last moment to see a ninja demonstration. Now, This flight crashed near Mount Fuji, killing everyone on board. So, God, this is some somber final destination level kind of stuff going on here. Like, how fate works in weird, weird ways. Next, it's time for Batman. When 1989's Batman was subbed into Italian, the Joker was voiced by a man named Giancarlo Giannini. If you ever get a chance to listen to his translation on youtube.com, do type his name in, have a go, have a look around. G-I-A-N-C-A-R-L-O-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. It's really quite an amazing performance. You sort of get a feeling of what kind of acting prowess is looked, at, looked for in Italy, but also a very creepy Italian language portrayal. It's... It's really good, actually. Like, obviously, I don't understand the language, but you can really kind of... It's one of those things where you can really kind of tell what somebody is saying through the way that they say it, compared to what they're actually saying. But we move on. In When 2008's The Dark Knight was subbed into Italian, 
The Joker was voiced by Giancarlo's son, Adriano. And the amazing bit is how similar they both sound. Do go on YouTube, search for these two people. His um, son's first name is spelled A-D-R-I-A-N-O. Take a look for his Italian translation of The Dark Knight and you will, you'll see the similarities. It's pretty cool. And now we move on to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Another one of those films from my childhood that really sticks with me. Hence why one of the songs I put in one of the segments just before this is the beautiful, beautiful, one and only Pure Imagination. And obviously, once again, on Anki you can listen to it, but on podcasts, unfortunately, you can't because we don't have the copyright to it, so I'm sorry about that. Um, so... We're talking about Grandpa George, who was played by Ernst Ziegler, who was a very good actor at the time. And he's also, he also gave a really good performance during this film. But the fact that I found out today makes this even more mind-blowing. So what you probably didn't know is that he was nearly blinded from poison gas during World War One. So how did the production crew get around this particular disability? He was actually instructed to look for a red light that guided him when his character was meant to be looking in a certain direction. This is crazy. This is one of those amazing, weird and wonderful inside baseball facts about film production that shows you the real ingenuity that goes behind the camera that a lot of people don't see. So never forget what crews behind the camera actually get up to. It's usually as fascinating, if not sometimes more fascinating, than what is going on in front of it. And finally, we move from the big screen to the silver screen. We're talking about the TV show Teletubbies. Now, I know that I'm kind of breaking my own rule here. I know we were talking about Movie Monday, but this was a fact that I have to tell you about. It is completely mental. It's about sex-crazed rabbits. Reporting on the Telegraph, um, as well as being home to Tinky Winky, Dipsy, La La and Poe, Teletubby Land was also inhabited by a number of rabbits. But because the Teletubby costumes were so big, to keep everything looking to scale, the animals used needed to be a species of giant rabbit. They also apparently spent much of their time on set having sex mating with each other in the background, which meant a lot of the shots had to be refilmed. Now, if there is anyone out there in the land of Anchor, or anyone out there in the podcast space that has any of this footage, please do tweet it at me. It sounds like it would be utterly hilarious to see. Now it's time for Trivia Time. This is a segment that we do at the end of each and every episode of Learn Something where I ask you guys to test that brain of yours or your Google searching skills if you want to ruin the game like that and call in and answer a particular question about a particular geeky topic. Today, we're talking about Game of Thrones. That show you may or may not have heard of that has made hundreds of millions of dollars for HBO. 
And more specifically, we're talking about a character that has caused some controversy in the past couple of episodes, Theon Greyjoy. Now, in the real world, outside of outside of the Game of Thrones, Theon Greyjoy has a particularly famous sibling. Can you name that sibling? How to enter is pretty easy. Um, just call in to the Anchor Station. So if you're listening to this on podcasts, dive in on anchor.fm slash Media and answer on there. Um, if you already listen to this on Anchor, hi. Um, do call into the station and leave me your answer. And let me know if you have any other weird and wonderful facts as well. And that's it. I will be giving away the answer to the trivia time question from the previous segment in tomorrow's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to enter or if you want to let me know any weird and wonderful facts of your own that I will echo on the station, then go find me on Anchor. If you're already on Anchor, hello. Just tap the call in button and let me know what weird trivia you have for me because I am always super hungry for anything fascinating, strange, or just downright weird. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast service, I appreciate your listening on there. Um, do subscribe to the podcast and rate us five stars on there. Um, but if you want to join in on any of the community segments, then the place you want to go is anchor.fm slash new rising media. That's N-E-W-R-I-S-I-N-G-M-E-D-I-A. And as always, pop on my blog at newrisingmedia.com for the latest news in technology, science and geek culture. And you can find us on Facebook, New Rising Media, on Twitter at newrising underscore media. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jason England. And you can also find me on Instagram and Snapchat at the same address. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye.